Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. In visual media, oftentimes we focus on just that, the visual. But we can forget one of the most, if not the most important piece of visual media, and that is sound. The power music and sound design has over the tone, feeling, and effect of a video can't be understated, and nowhere is this more important than the sports world. Today we're really getting to explore that intersection between sports and entertainment, and we have Karina Anglada, a video editor and producer for the Golden State Warriors, and Matthew Gutneck, Senior Account Director of Sports Entertainment for APM Music, and both of them are coming on to talk to us about the power of music in sports entertainment. How are you both doing today? Doing great. Excited to be here. Doing great. Very psyched to be here. Wonderful. Yeah, we're uh, we're really excited to dive into this. You know, we're going to get two points of view here. We're going to get someone from the music side, you know, what it takes to craft this music, how the approach is different for sports versus other forms of media. And then we're going to get to actually hear from an editor about how they incorporate the music and help brand a team through sound. So really exciting stuff. Matthew, let's start with you. I want to know... With APM Music, I don't know if this is uh, specifically a motto for y'all or for the entire sports music industry, but when approaching music for sports, what's different about it compared to other soundtrack-like music uh, venues, I guess, out there like video games or television or film? It's interesting because I've seen it change over the years in respect to not only the genres and types of music, but also how it's being used, respective of what platform. So there might be certain types of music that work better for long-form content that you might see on TV comparative to shorter form, which could be used in a promo spot, or especially now on social. So comparatively to other, other facets, other departments that we have, you know, reality TV might be a little bit more limited in scope depending on the subject matter or type of reality TV or say video games might be very action or dramatic orientated, but then we're seeing people drawing inspiration from things outside of sports. So we've seen a lot of say stadium opens or hype videos that are drawing a lot of inspiration from those video games or from those movie trailers, you know, many different of genres. It's not as traditional or pigeonholed as you might've seen as little ago you know, say that uh, hockey is just using heavy metal or NASCAR just using country, for example. You're seeing a real diversification across genres and across platforms. We're seeing a lot of clients using music in a lot of interesting and innovative ways. That's really exciting that not only is there sort of genre diversity, but I'm guessing there's also just tonal diversity that you're seeing music that's not only exciting and upbeat, but there must be really dramatic stuff, somber stuff. I mean, it just really depends on what that media is you're putting out there. Absolutely. And it really depends on the story that they're trying to tell and again, where they're trying to tell it. And so what are some of those different ways you've seen um, producers or sports teams use music? I know you mentioned promos, but I'm guessing that there's music used in hype videos, in commercials for the teams. And have you seen maybe them using music in internal kind of videos that they share just amongst their staff? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I think some of the best contemporary examples are some of the more recent ones where we've seen, say, uh, from some of our MLB clients or some of our collegiate clients, 
where they're doing social videos of 20 seconds or less or even 10 seconds or less and they're not on uh only incorporating different music elements but sound design elements just like you would say in a trailer or a feature film we saw the application in those more quote-unquote traditional markets in the sound design elements the raises the wishes the hits the drones and we started uh, creating awareness about that part of our catalog to our clients and then they're using it in a completely different application and it's really awesome to provide those resources and see what's possible i want to know more about the process of creating this music for the sports industry so when you're actually creating the music what is the process behind crafting one of these songs Uh, first let's start with just getting the people to make the music do you have in-house producers do you collaborate with outside artists what is that um sort of artistic level well it's it's very diverse i mean apm as an organization is owned by two of the largest music publishers in the world being universal music publishing and emi slash sony atv So simply put, you know, we're a global organization with, you know, hundreds of composers and publishers from around the world. But say in a situation right now with World Cup, that gives us a, a, frank, great competitive advantage to be able to provide indigenous music, say, you know, for Fox Sports, one of our clients, broadcasting World Cup, where they need not only a lot of Russian music, but they need a lot of Brazilian music or Belgian or French or what have you. But we've also seen, because of our global reach, say in sports like basketball, hypothetically speaking, where you're seeing a tremendous diversity and ethnic diversity of players from around the globe or even exhibits around the globe in different territories where a particular client of ours in sports is able to draw either that background and origin information from that indigenous territory where a song was uh, composed, performed, and recorded or relative to that exhibition area, say like Russia right now with the World Cup. I love that. So you're really pooling from local talent, no matter, you know, in this situation where you really have to create a lot of global music that appeals to such a wide audience, you really manage to pull all of that from the local areas and and really get that authentic feel to them? Absolutely. And I'll never forget, I think it was two World Cups ago when we were working with ESPN, and they needed the national anthem from the Ivory Coast. And we were able to trace it down for the music department at ESPN so they could do uh, some of the interstitials and background stories on a very small nation that had a very specific need. And because of that global reach, um, we are able to give our clients exactly what they needed. I love that. So now beyond just collaborating with artists and getting the music, I guess I want to know more of the thematic process behind creating this music. When APM sits down to make a song or to collaborate with an artist on a song, what is sort of that creative process like? Is it first deciding a theme or a feel? Is it is it choosing um, instruments that are must, you know, they, these have to be in this song? How do you begin? It feels like such a, such a daunting task sometimes. Well, it really depends on what the client's needs are. On a broad basis, what we're starting to do is look at not only market trends, but what people are using to make sure that we're constantly on trend relative to what's popular, but also giving people um, more of what they need. And that would be on the catalog side. So feeding back that market information to our publishers to, you know, stay ahead of the curve with trends. And again, also give people more of what they need. On the custom music side, that's very interesting. And we've 
we've been very lucky to work on a lot of different things on a lot of different scales with uh, MBA clients, with college clients, with broadcast partners like ESPN, where there might be, yeah, again, movie trailer examples. There might be artist references. There could be specific song references, whether it's either elements or tempos or arrangements, some kind of creative reference point to help us kind of sonically carve out a track and create something very unique for that brand and entity that never existed before. That's that's really cool. And that actually segues right into the next question I had for you, which is creating a vibe for a team, whether it's um, through a promo or through an edit. But you, you really mentioned, you know, creating a feeling that maybe nev- never existed with this team before. And I think that's really interesting. I wanted to know, how have you seen from a business side teams use music to their advantage? How have you seen them use it within their branding and really create a song or a motif or something that actually helps define the nature of the team? I think it depends on how it's being used. I think especially with stadium stadium opens, as Karina can attest to, can be enormous advantage. Look, for example, of what the uh, Vegas Golden Knights did leading up to their appearance in the Stanley Cup. Um, the in-stadium intro whips the crowd into a complete frenzy before any of the players even hit the ice. It could be scoreboard elements, ribbon board elements, light up bracelets in the audience or performance on the ice or core projections. We were lucky enough to work with actually one of uh, Karina's former employers, the Detroit Pistons, where we did an amazing custom intro to them when they came back to downtown District Detroit from Auburn Hills in um, Little Caesars uh, Arena, where the Red Wings also play, but they were looking for something very unique to make sure that you know everyone knew that they were back and they were in Detroit, so it was a brand extension. So we're starting to see our clients consider not only the look and feel of their brand, but I think they're starting to make considerations of what the, the sound of that brand might be as well. And we've been starting to do some sonic branding. We also did some really interesting stuff with the Boston Celtics with a lot of their digital content where, say, in um, a radio branding spot in the past, something similar to that could be done where there's a little signature sound or mnemonic put into all of their digital content. And I really think sonic branding is some of the best because audiences... You know, when, when they see something that feels familiar, uh, it's it might be a little more obvious to them that, okay, this is branding for a team. But when they hear a song or a snippet or a motif that links them to a team, it, it's almost more subconscious. It's it's more of a feeling. And I think it, it gets people more invested. Um, that, that's, why, that's why people love singing along to their favorite songs and and they have tunes stuck in their heads is because when it resonates with them it sticks with them and i think music really has that power so it's cool seeing teams really latch onto that absolutely it's it's the new jingle produced in a different way incorporated in that brands or the way that i've heard it described as a brand extension musically and i feel like one of the sports entertainment venues out there that really had this down for a long time and still does is WWE. You know, I think when everyone has their pre-intro song, it it just gets everyone really, really hype. And you can't hear that song without thinking, oh, <laughs> it's John Cena, you know, like like that kind of vibe. It's it 
it's so ingrained into the branding of of the person of the entire sport. So I, I really think it's a powerful tool. Yeah. And it's something that we're exploring and we've been a longtime partner with WWE and have seen how they've effectively used it, but also think traditionally, say in major league baseball, where individual, individual batters will have their walk-up music or in the case of soccer, you know, the walkout music for individual teams or Think when you think of Enter Sandman, who do you think uh, immediately? Mariana Rivera from the New York Yankees. So music can be used in lots of different ways. And again, I think people are interested in further exploring that to stand out for the crowd, whether it's for the individual player or individual teams in some form or another to deepen that connection with their fan base. Definitely. And I think one of the most active ways to use music has to be with video edits and really matching the music to the edits. So that's why we have Karina on the podcast today as well. Karina, how are you today? Doing well. Excited to be here. Yeah. Sorry that you've been kind of sidelined there for a few minutes. (laughs) But, you know, we're excited to get this point of view too, diving from the music into the implementation of it. Yeah, but a use case from someone here that, you know, not, not only edits with APM music on a daily basis for a huge team, the Golden State Warriors, but you actually won an Emmy for your edits. Is that right? Yeah, we are. We're so excited this past year. Our team won an Emmy for one of our TV shows that we produced from last season, which chronicled last year's championship run. And the, if I'm not mistaken, the entire show was edited with APM music and it was an awesome experience, not just to, to win it, obviously win the award, but for me personally, as an editor, I spent many hours and, and nights, early mornings putting that together. And a lot of it, I think what made that, that TV show so special was the music that drove the entire piece. So yeah, it was really, really exciting for our team. I love that. So how important would you say is music to your video edits on a daily basis? Oh my goodness. It is the most important thing when it comes to an edit. And and for me personally, I think it's the most important part of the edit and it takes place before any physical editing happens, right? So um, depending on what I'm editing, whether it's digital, you know, something for our social media team or something for our TV show, I need a song that, you know, sets the tone right away, brings people in and kind of uh, draws draws fans and people who are watching or consuming our content right off the bat. So it's it's so important. Well, and I feel like from a creative standpoint, you can't really even consider how you're going to start editing something until you choose, okay, what music am I going to even edit this to, especially for something like a hype video. So many of the best cuts come when they match the beat or you know when, when they play around with the song. Um, it, it gets you even more ingrained and engaged into what's going on. Oh, exactly. And for me, when I look through music, I joke with my colleagues because so one of my colleagues, he he does not like going through music, listening to music. And for me, I love it because, you know, I'm imagining edits in my head. And even if, you know, I'm working on a hype piece, as you mentioned, for example, but I hear another song that might be, you know, more cinematic or dramatic, I might, I'm imagining another, you know, video edit in my head as I'm going through it. So for me, it's super fun and, and I enjoy it. It's a process that can be 
challenging at times because you have sometimes you have this vision in your head for what a song is like um, or should should be like. But that's the beauty of of APM. You can work with their composers if if need be and that kind of thing. But it's for me, it's a challenge at times. But other times I'm I'm so excited and it's just like an adventure game almost. Yeah, definitely getting to sort of browse through. And I, I definitely resonate with that imagining in your head. Me and uh, my roommate produce music ourselves. And when imagining the music videos for them, it's always so much fun to sit there and imagine, okay, what is the cut going to be here? What is, uh, how are we going to play with the music to really get across a message here? And I, it's, it's really ingrained into the media, I think, to bring both the visual and the audio together to create one visceral experience. And I think sometimes the audio actually does more. Um, I saw a video actually not too long ago that showed the power of sound design in film, and it showed some clips of a movie without any audio, and then it showed you exactly what audio the sound designers used to emphasize certain parts of the film. So it was someone driving a car up on a street and getting out of the car, and you could hear specifically only the door close, only like a window open, and it draws your attention actually to certain things. So it's it's so ingrained and it's such a subtle thing, but without it, uh, the edits wouldn't be the same. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting that you mention it in film, and because a lot of times when you think about social content nowadays, a lot of times... Some people are consuming, you know, media without the music. And and to me, it's it's a challenge, right? And it's a kind of shift in our industry, I think, uh, sometimes. But it's it's for me, we try to create content that will force people to, you know, want to listen to the song, want to listen to what's actually the audio that's there. Um, because without it, it, it's a completely different piece of content. Uh, but it, it's really interesting. Definitely. So that kind of gets me into the next piece here, which is sort of looking at how music affects each sport. Uh, I know you've had a chance to edit for two basketball teams, and then you were also at Auburn, and you got to edit um, for a multitude of different sports there. And Matthew, you can comment on this too, uh, but how do you see different sports use music differently? Um, Do you see some sort of genres or tones in music, like just feeling being more specific to, oh yeah, soccer uses this kind of music way more than football. Uh, You know, what's your experience with that? Yeah, I think it's interesting for me because when I was at Auburn, you know, we were working with 22 different sports. So everything from football, which was our premier sport, basketball, all the way to equestrian, right? So we used all different types of content. And the music that we would use, say, for example, uh, women's gymnastics intro video or social media spot would be very, very different than what we'd be using for men's basketball. Men's basketball might be, you know, more, more hype, more um, dramatic kind of building. Women's gymnastics would be more high energy, kind of have a pop feel to it. It, it ranges, right? Because some, some teams have different styles depending on where they are in the country, you know, Auburn is, is in the, in the South. So you'd have more traditional kind of, kind of songs, but it, the range was, was fun for me because, you know, every day was a different song. Every day was a different feel. So it was fun. And then Matthew, on your end, you know, how do you see different people that you work with and different teams that you work with use their music differently? Do you see it? Do you see an obvious difference between different 
kinds of sports using different music? Sometimes, but um, sometimes it also can be very contrary. So, for example, one of the first examples, if not the first example in our sports reel, is a piece from NASCAR where they're using drum and bass music. So you would typically think, oh, NASCAR, it's got a southern feel, a southeastern feel, what have you, so it's going to be country. But this was a wonderful example of how it could be very, you know, contrarian in the position and placement and relative to the edit, which was amazing along with that. So I've seen people, people not just um, sticking convenient with the more obvious choices and going a little bit of deeper catalog. Well, at the same time, it's very interesting to say different emerging sports, whether it's esports or recently working with like a, say a poker client to explore new sports or emerging sports and what those sounds might be and helping def to define that as there's increased exposure or, or growing their audiences. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that in essence, you know, <laughs> sports don't need to be defined by one certain kind of music. And it's, it's cool to see that sports are branching out and trying new things. I think drum and bass, there's some great music in drum and bass. And so what a combo. I wouldn't think NASCAR and uh, drum and bass would ever be paired up. But the fact that they pulled it off and pulled it off well is really cool to see. Um, so last thing I wanted to hit on is sort of looking more at the future a bit. And I'd love to hear both of your takes on this. But with the emergence of social media and mobile platforms as a real method for sports consumption, meaning that we get younger audiences and more niche audiences taking command of the content they want to see. How do you see that affecting or changing the way music is used in sports edits or programming? Um, do you think there's going to be a change at all? Do you think that there is maybe a feel that resonates more with that younger audience? What What is both of y'all's takes? I feel like I'm part of that younger audience in a way, um, but I think a lot of the the types of content that I like to consume, the shorter, the better. I found myself, you know, I think our attention spans are kind of diminishing here and there. But I, I love the hype, high energy, you know, quick edits that I can that are almost like bite sized content is what I like to call it. Um, and so I think that in terms of the younger audience, that's that's kind of the direction I think that it's shifting to. But at the same time, I think I found that there is value in the longer form content that might not always work on, you know, platforms like Instagram or or Facebook or Twitter. Um, but there's still a demand. I know um, for us, the Warriors specifically, the long form, some of our long form features that we've done, um, for example, this past year we did a feature on our two way player Quinn Cook. It was maybe five or six minutes and you know, driven kind of dramatic music, kind of telling his story and his journey. That was one of our most popular um, videos this this past season, just because of his story and all that. And so I think it, it varies depending on who's watching and the platforms that they're on. So I would say, uh, you know, pretty much to resonate what Karina is saying, but it's interesting. Look at um, the bite size pieces of content on Twitter but then the emergence just within the past couple of weeks with Instagram stories, you know, those are for longer pieces of content and that didn't even exist, you know, a, a month or two ago. So just like there might be a shift of, um, 
more of a horizontal frame of the viewing of the content, the sounds will change. So what we're also seeing is not just specific to genres, but within the flexibility of the different cuts of the particular track, or even what we would call splits and stems of the particular track, so different elements that might be important. So say that there's a narrative over a particular track and you don't like the horns, you don't like the guitars, to have the flexibility in the different elements and pieces of that track to essentially sculpt that track right around that narrative and have the necessary flexibility in that edit like Karina's talking about to get exactly what you need, whether it's a, you know, 10 second video for Twitter or a, you know, five, 10 minute piece on an Instagram store. That's super cool. That's, that's really, really interesting to see the way that the actual medium is transforming the way that sound is used. And I like that you mentioned the stems because, uh, I mean, sometimes you'll hear a song and it almost works, but there's one instrument that stands out as uh, it, it feels wrong or it doesn't quite match. And so the ability to customize from there and rearrange the stems a bit and use, okay, I just want the drums here and just the horns here and then swell in with the guitar and the bass and, and help flesh it out. Uh, it, it's cool to see that people are wanting that kind of customizability and being able to relate that, I think, to the customers and to the teams uh, and trying to communicate those musical concepts of, of pulling out just the specific instruments and how you can craft a song from the ground up is a pretty interesting conversation to have. Yeah, and, and it's been increasingly important as uh, content demands and volume of content has increased and turnaround time has gotten lessened. Not only have we seen our clients depending upon us for such a great catalog, but really on the service side too, where our music directors are, are, are digging and looking for specific tracks for our clients so they can meet those deadlines and you know get everything where it needs to go as soon as possible. Definitely. So the, the very last thing I want to hit on is I just want to hear from both of you. I'll start with Karina, but what is your favorite edit that you've done with APM Music? Uh, and how did you use the music and how did it just really help enhance the overall viewing experience? It's hard to choose, but the one recently that I'm super proud of is a video, part of a video series that we produced called the Definition Series. So we sat down with every single guy on our team uh, before the season or before the playoffs and during the playoffs, actually. <laughs> and we had them define different words. For example, one video was called motivation. So we had them each define motivation. And the last word that we had them define was warrior. And we just released it a week or two ago. And I ended up finding this song before I even started the edit. It was a a Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, but it was a, a remix, a classical remix. And it was, I, I found it one day and I wasn't even working on that particular project. And I said, this is the track I need for that warrior piece because it was, it was foreboding and there was a little bit of build and it was, it was orchestral. So it was familiar. It was a familiar, familiar song to some people, but different. And that one, I mean, when I showed the producer that I was working with, like the first uh, rough edit, she was like, I have chills because there's one part in the song where there's just this big building moment. And one of our videographers captured this incredible shot of Draymond just 
Draymond Green just like screaming at the top of his lungs and in slow-mo. And, and so I edited it with that before I really got into the bulk of the editing. That was the part that I already had there. And she was like, I had chills that part, that part of the song was so incredible. Um, and so that one is one of my favorites just because I felt like it's such a great classic song that you wouldn't think, you know, Moonlight Sonata with the video on like what defines a warrior wouldn't really go together, but it worked pretty beautifully. So I, I love moments like that when the there's there's a, that perfect moment where you have the shot in mind and the song matches up perfectly and it's like a, it's just like a match made in heaven. That's that's super cool. Exactly. And then how about for you, Matthew? Um, you know, since you've been providing this kind of music, what's been one of your favorite edits that you've seen using APM music and how did it really help set the feel for that piece? Well, I mean, it obviously would be Warriors would be the first pick. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, all kidding, all kidding aside. I mean, I think the first, Karina, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first piece of content that our music was incorporated with you guys was not this past season, the season before, but for the victory parade, right? Yeah. Yep. Which was really interesting because the way that they shot, it was different than we had seen with some of the other championship teams we'd been a part of, like, um, like the Cubs, for example, we, we were part of that amazing hundredth season in that world series win. But I believe the ways you guys had shot it, you shot it actually from the floats comparative to the audience. So that was pretty neat, but it's been tough. It's really been tough to say a particular one that, you know, I've liked because we've gotten so, so, such amazing client content in, in the past six months, whether it's the Warriors or the Eagles or even as recently as Oregon State winning the, the College World Series or on the girls' side in softball with Florida State. Um, there's been so, so many amazing stories and it's tough to pick out one. But I mean, I think one of the favorites is the big one our biggest copyright, one of our biggest songs, um, which has a story of its own, which is called Heavy Action, a.k.a. Monday Night Football, participating in the Monday Night Football uh, broadcast and the theme specifically. Very lucky to participate with that because it's such an iconic show. And it's changed so much over the years as well. And I think I've got a call later today to see what might be happening for this season as well. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast and giving us some really interesting insight on the use of music in sports, how it's helping brand teams, define teams, and really help sell that feeling that only comes when you combine the power of audio and visual. So again, thank you both for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time. Mm-hmm.